talking about America in prophecy. Where exactly do we find America in prophecy? And, uh, you know, there's not a lot that, uh, that uh, if any, that we can specifically say this relates to America. Um, and because you just don't see America spoken of with the exception of what we began talking about um, two weeks ago, I guess it was, and that uh, I have come to believe, along with a growing number of prophecy teachers and uh, Bible scholars, that America is actually what the Bible refers to as Mystery Babylon or the Reborn uh, Babylon. And there is a lot of evidence to substantiate that. If, if that is not the case, then we don't see America at all in uh, Bible prophecy. And, uh, but I really have come to the conclusion from studying extensively over the last several years that I believe that uh, America is in Bible prophecy. I believe we are the Babylon, the, the rebirthed Babylon. And uh, there's only one reason to refer to it as mystery Babylon in the Bible, um, because if it were ancient Babylon, they wouldn't have to call it mystery Babylon. Hello? Uh, but uh, there wasn't an America by name when the scriptures were written and when the, uh, the prophets wrote. And so um, they saw this reborn, and the best thing that they, I believe they could compare it to would be ancient Babylon because ancient Babylon was a very uh, prosperous uh, uh, empire. And uh, this last uh, uh, great empire... Uh, will also uh, reflect those very same kinds of characteristics. And so we started looking at some of the, uh, the clues uh, that uh, I gave you, and they're found really in Isaiah and Jeremiah and uh, Revelation 17 and 18. Revelation 17 and 18 uh, are, are the most common ones that we tend to look at. Let me just quickly run through uh, the clues. There are about 15 of them. We've only gone through seven of them, but so you'll uh, kind of know where we are. Uh, thinking of America as Mystery Babylon, the first clue was um, that uh, Jeremiah 15 and 12 tells us that the ancient Babylon and the mystery Babylon are not the same thing. So that's clue number one, that we're not talking about the old Babylon. The second clue we talked about was Jeremiah 15, verse 23, says that this, this final uh, empire, this mystery Babylon or daughter of Babylon uh, empire will be the hammer of the world. That means it'll be the kind of the, the policeman of the world. That certainly fits America at least uh, to, to this age. And then third, we said Mystery Babylon, it will be an empire of great wealth. We'll emphasize some more about that in just a few moments. There are numerous passages that I gave you that reflect that. Um, and then the fifth clue uh, that we talked about was that uh, Mystery Babylon would be a nation of many Christians. Christians from uh, uh, will, will be kind of a, a huge um, a people group. And that's certainly true in America, at least those who confess to be Christians. Clue number six, we said that the Mystery Babylon will be the center of world commerce. The Bible teaches that it'll be a place of uh, great world commerce. And certainly America is still considered the hub of commerce for the entire world. Clue number seven, this was the last one that we talked about last week, is that Mystery Babylon is a sexually immoral nation. That We see that in Revelation, and certainly no one would 
argue that anymore about uh, America. All right, so that's where we stop. Tonight I want to pick up with some more clues, and we're going to reference those with Scripture. So clue number eight is this. Mystery Babylon is a nation of great influence. All right, if you've got your Bible open to Jeremiah 51, let's look at verse 7 of um, chapter 51. It says, Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand, making all the earth drunken. The nations drank of her wine, therefore the nations went mad. Um, someone who believes America to be this mystery Babylon recently that uh, I listened to uh, suggested and uh, that the golden cup uh, refers to the Statue of Liberty, uh, the golden light uh, that she holds. I don't know that that can be really substantiated, but there's another passage I want you to see, and it's Revelation 18 um, and verse 3. And so if you've got that place in your Bible, op open to it. It says, For all nations have drunk, just like what we just read in Jeremiah, all nations have drunk uh, the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from, her, from the power of her luxurious living. She's a nation, this last nation is a nation of great influence. It influences the entire world. And did you notice this in this particular verse? The kings of the earth have committed immorality, the, the wine of the passion, her sexual immorality. Now, let me just let me show you something here. So it's a nation of great influence, and we all agree. There's, there's no nation more influential uh, than America. And uh, what happens in America tends to spread. Whatever is accepted in America tends to spread to other nations. You know, um, when America passed, um, or the Supreme Court uh, passed a law saying same-sex marriage was now legal, did you, did you watch what began to happen across the globe? It began to domino across the globe. Began, if you'll watch the transgender things, you watch. Watch now the nations that are beginning to uh, follow suit. America's a nation of great influence. And it says the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. We, America influences everything. Um, I told you uh, uh, last week, and I've emphasized it many times over the years, uh, the world's economic standard is based on America. Uh, I'm asked, and I'm asked uh, frequently about China. By the way, isn't it interesting that China's economy is the only one that prospered during COVID? Isn't that interesting? that they prospered during uh, COVID. Well, I don't have time to go there. Uh, I'll have to put my tinfoil hat on first uh, before I do. <laughs> but, um, but there are a few nations who want America's economy to, they don't want it to collapse. China is, people say, does China kind of wants America to collapse? No, China doesn't want America to collapse. Why is that? Because China will collapse. As America's economy goes, so goes the economy of the world. Hello? Now look back at verse 3 uh, where it says, And the merchants of the earth have done what class? They've grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Is America 
an empire of influence for good or bad. And you know what? This is part of the reason I think America's judgment will be so severe. Because the Bible says this, to whom much is given, much is required. And for centuries, well, at least most of two centuries, America has been a, a, a nation that we, we sent more missionaries to the field. Nobody's ever sent as many missionaries to, uh, to uh, reach the globe. Nobody's uh, ever invested as much uh, uh, monies in missions and those sorts of things. All of those are wonderful things. But America's influence now is changing from the kind of influence it had on the world uh, 50 years ago. Uh, and particularly 75 to 100 years ago. And now our influence is, is not for so much for good, but it is for greed and for uh, the advancement of immorality and those kinds of things. I believe all of that will make judgment severe on America because God had been so good and has been so good to us. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That he will say, I, I entrusted so much to you. And you, you started well, but you finished poorly. And by the way, that's true of all of life for us. It's not how we start. Starting, a good start's good as long as you finish well. The key is how you finish, right? The key is how a nation completes its mission. The key is how a church completes its mission. All of those uh, kinds of things. We are stewards. I'm taking a break from my series Sunday morning. I'm going to, I'm, my message, message is entitled The Opportunity of a Lifetime. And because of I do this every year, I used to do a whole series on it, but you guys have become so good in, in practicing what we talk about. In the last few years, I've just preached one message on, on the, our responsibility as stewards. And I, as I was working on this message, I thought, you know, stewardship is really the opportunity of a lifetime. Because you only get one life and one chance to do what God designed you to do with your life, your talents, your abilities, your gifts, your resources, all of those things. So your stewardship is the opportunity of a lifetime for which all of us will be accountable. Hello? So, um, but the same is true for... Uh, for nations. And in particular, when you see the very obvious goodness of God on a nation, uh, his favor, and then you see that squandered, and you understand some of the parables of the talents, you know, God said, I gave you this, and this is what you did or didn't do with it. And, um, I'm actually going to be preaching out of the passage of the, uh, it's called the, um, it was really a bad steward, but he, he, used, um, he used his previous position to gain favor with, with worldly people so they'd take care of him um, when his master fired him. Uh, that's not the heart of the story. The heart of the story, though, is, is to whom much is given, much is required. And, and that's this nation. I, I really believe that. Um, and so uh, because this nation has been such a nation of influence, now we have to ask what 
what is our influence? What does it look like right now? And I, I would say, in, by and large, our influence is not very good right now in the world. Would, would, would you agree with that? The things that we're exporting, I don't mean physically, but now ideas and philosophies and immoralities, the things that we're exporting now uh, really are not the things that, that this nation began with and thrived upon for so long. So that's clue number eight, all right? Uh, what America dis- does and decides usually impacts the entire world. And that's the way Mystery Babylon is going to be, the Bible teaches us. All right, clue number nine. Mystery Babylon is a nation that lives luxuriously. Well, I'm not going to re-emphasize that uh, except to say that the poorest Americans are still wealthier than two-thirds of the world's population. Did y'all know that? The poorest Americans live, still live better than two-thirds of the world's uh, population. And that's according to an article in Forbes uh, magazine. That's kind of astonishing. So it's a nation of great influence, but it's also a nation that lives, as our passage said there, and also if you want other passages to look at, well, look at this. Uh, Look at verse 16, this same chapter. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and jewels and with pearls, for in a single hour all this wealth has been laid to waste. So Mystery Babylon, this last empire, is a nation that lives luxuriously. All right, clue number 10. Clue number 10. Mystery Babylon is a nation of image and idolatry. Image and idolatry. Now go over to um, uh, our former place, Jeremiah uh, 51, and uh, find verse 52, if you will. Remember uh, 50, 51, there are several chapters that talk about Babylon Um, But if you will, find verse 52 in chapter 51. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will execute judgment upon her images and through all her land, and the wounded shall groan. The days come when I execute judgment upon her images. Look at verse 47 of that same uh, chapter. Therefore, behold, the days are coming when I will punish the images of Babylon. Her whole land shall be put to shame, and all her slain shall fall in the midst of her. Well, uh, and then if you won't go over to chapter 50, just, let's look over there for just a second. Chapter 50 and verse 38. A drought against her waters, that they may be dried up, for it is a land of images. And look at what, it, listen to this, and they are mad over idols. They're mad over idols, not mad at idols. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's like they've gone crazy in the worship of idols, all right? So he talks about uh, a judgment that is coming because Mystery Babylon is a nation of image and idolatry. Um, By the way, isn't it interesting, one of the most popular shows in the last several years has been labeled American Idol. (laughs) And um, uh, Americans are consumed by certain things. Somebody tell me an idol in America. Y'all, y'all going, what? Sports. Uh, especially in the South, hello? You know, we talk about college football in the South, and, I mean, there's nothing sporting-wise in the South that trumps college football. Would you agree with that in the South? But, you know, if you go to other places in the country, there is rabbit about pro football as we are in the South. 
and I know that because I've been to places, I lived in some other places where uh, I've thought, how can you get so excited about pro football when there's college football? But they get just, or if you go to some places, listen, I, this is, this will blow Southerners' minds. There are people that are rabid about hockey. And I've been to those places and their hockey teams, their hockey teams are like uh, some of our football teams. Hello? I mean, they follow that and, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, now, the point is, uh, there are two huge idols in this nation, and one of them is sports. And COVID has revealed just the level of idolatry, I think, in a lot of that. Hollywood is the other one. Actors and, and this sort of thing. And COVID has exposed that, because isn't it interesting how... Um, and I'm not fussing about this, okay? I'm just simply, isn't it interesting how we found ways to do sports, right? And they're finding ways to produce movies now. And uh, uh, so uh, I, 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 those aren't the only ones, but America uh, uh, has... Uh, a great deal of idolatry in it. There are other things you could add to that list. You know what the definition of idolatry is anyway, don't you? How would you define idolatry? Somebody tell me how you defined idolatry. Anything that you worship other than God, Anything that you worship other than God is an idol. And, John, um, that... Look... We, here's how we try to get around it. We just don't attach the word worship to what it is that we really chase. So anything, look, this is about to bring conviction on all of us, what I'm about to say. But anything that you find yourself pursuing with more passion than God is an idol. What's that? Oh, well, the Internet. Anything that you find yourself chasing more passionately than you do God. And by the way, a lot of things that are idols for us uh, are not bad in and of themselves. Okay? It's, it's what happens to you because of them. Does that make sense? So let's go back to, to one of the biggies, sports. Sports is an idol in this country, but it doesn't have to be an idol in your life. Does that, does that make sense? Um, I, pastors probably have said this. I'm probably not the only one who said it. If I could get just a tenth of the passion that in the South that college football fans have for their, their schools, and I could get that for Jesus in the church, we could charge hell with a water pistol. I've, I've seen sophisticated people at ball games act uh, so excited and so passionate that they lose all their dignity. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and I'm not fussing about that. What I'm saying is, why don't we have that kind of passion for God and the kingdom? Every time somebody gets saved, we ought to erupt like a touchdown was scored. Because, by the way, in the kingdom, 
there won't be any touchdowns. Uh, but there will be saved people. And, and, and you know, I, I really have thought, of course, our, it's different in this environment, but I've really thought there are times when, when, uh, when somebody we've announced has received Christ that we ought to just start hooping and hollering and jumping and shouting and shaking a, a, a shaker and <laughs> saying, glory to God, glory to God, clapping, applauding, because and that, that is, I mean, that's a huge thing in the kingdom. If Jesus said he would leave the 99 to go fetch the one, he thinks that one's pretty important, doesn't he? And then to be able to say, we fetched him. Wow. So, um, okay, well, I could spend too much uh, time there. But there, we, have just, we have a lot of idols. We just don't say we worship them. We just have a lot of them. And, and, and by the way, don't, don't give yourself a pass and think, yeah, but I'm the exception, and I'm not giving myself a pass either. Uh, the, the fact is we probably need to be more aware of things that capture our passion. And I didn't just say you shouldn't have passion for other things, especially, by the way, if you're married. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying to you is you have to be careful that God's passion isn't being sucked up by other things. Does that make sense? Okay. That's a clue number, um, what did I say, 10? All right. Uh, clue number 11, Mystery Babylon is arrogant and proud. Arrogant and proud. Uh, look at uh, verse 7 of chapter 18 it said, of Revelation. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury... So give her a like measure of torment and mourning, since in her heart she says, I sit as queen, I'm no widow, and mourning I shall never see. Arrogance. Uh, that this uh, city, nation, uh, will be an arrogant nation. Now go over, if you will, to Jeremiah 50. Back to, over to Jeremiah 50 and 51. 50. Go to Jeremiah 50. Uh, verses uh, 29 and 30. Uh, it says, uh, Summon archers, Jeremiah 50, 29, Summon archers against Babylon, all those who bend the bow, encamp around her, let no one escape, repay her according to her deeds, do to her according to all that she has done. Here it is, For she has proudly defied the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, her young men shall fall in her squares, and all her soldiers shall be destroyed on that day, declares the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O proud one, declares the Lord God of hosts. Pretty strong, isn't it? You know, the Bible is clear when it says that uh, uh, one of the things God most hates is pride. We often say this, that pride was the original sin. What, do you all know what we mean by that? Have you ever heard that statement, pride's the original sin? Do you know what we mean by that when we say that? We probably, most of us have heard that. What do we mean when we say pride was the original sin? Well, Satan was full of pride, and that's why he was cast out of heaven, right? Remember? Because he wanted the role, he thought he could do the role. And then think about this, in the garden... Satan deceived Adam and Eve into believing that they could be like God. Pride. 
The reason he told you not to eat, he knows that if you eat that you'll be like him. And their pride said, yeah, why is God holding out on us? We can be like God. We, so pride's the original sin. God hates pride. And uh, there will be a price uh, to be paid uh, for that. Let me flip over here in my notes just a second. Uh, I, I love America. I, I really do. I, I love America. I'm glad with all that's wrong in America. I'm still glad I'm an American. I'm glad I was born an American. Um, and I still believe in the things that our nation was founded on. And I still believe there's hope for America. I still believe that God could move across this land. In fact, I talked to Lance and Bob last week, was it Lance, that I think we're going to begin taking one Wednesday a month and just praying for America. One Wednesday night a month and just pray instead of talking about what needs to happen and just, just take, have a prayer summit. It may encompass some other things, but primarily prayer. So I love America. I, America does so many things right. Uh, but there's a stark difference between being proud that you're an American and being arrogantly proud. And I have to tell you, I hear some things that really, really scare me. Uh, the COVID thing, uh, we've, we've heard this repeatedly out there. Well, we're America and we'll come through it. We'll, and you hear that a lot in Washington, and by the way, on both sides of the aisle. Well, we're Americans. And, and when I hear that, there's a tingle that goes up my spine. Because what I think we ought to be saying is, dear God, we recognize that we don't control everything you do. And with your help, dear God, and our hearts turn to you, we will indeed recover. But it's not said like that. It's said like we're Americans. And because we're Americans, we just come through. Because we've come through a whole bunch of things, and we have. But we, we ought to be giving thanks to God for it. Instead, we're, we're patting ourselves on the back. We're Americans. And we'll, we'll do it again. Well, Mystery Babylon will boast of its confidence and no fear of attack. In Revelation, again, you, you see it also in Isaiah 47 uh, as well. We don't have time to look at tonight. Clue number 12, before we're gone, we still have time for another clue or two. Mystery Babylon is a deep water port nation. All right. Uh, chapter 18 of Revelation, verses 17 and 18. Again, look at that. For in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid to waste. Now look at verse, uh, uh, the continuation of that verse and into 18. And all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors, and all whose trade is on the sea stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? Uh, they wept, they mourned, they threw dust on their heads, that sort of thing. And the idea is that the other nations that trade with, they, from a distance, uh, the, the nations who had traded by sea look and they, they mourn because suddenly this great city of commerce is gone. It says in an hour, it says that twice, in an hour your wealth is gone. Now, and, and it says, and they, they could uh, see the smoke of the great city going up. Now, people, I don't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out why smoke would be going up from an area 
and how it could be gone in an hour. Hello? Isn't that a little frightening? Especially in light of, as I've said repeatedly, even in this study, that we know there are nations who have said they would love to deliver a nuclear bomb to either New York City or Washington, D.C. And so um, Mystery Babylon, though, is a deep water port. There are two facts uh, that we need to understand. The merchants of the world would require what? A deep water port in order to bring the world's goods for purchase. There are those who argue that Babylon will arise, ancient Babylon will arise again out of Iraq. There's a problem with that. The closest water source to Babylon, the ancient Babylon, is the Euphrates River, which was a significant river in the Middle East and still is. But here's the problem. It's not a deep water port. And you can't get all the commerce in through the Euphrates to, that represents world trade. Uh, and so that's a problem. The other uh, idea for years that was said, well, Rome will be the, the, um, the new empire, the reborn Babylonian empire. What's the problem with that, class? There's no deep water port in Rome. You know, again, once you have the same dilemma. So Mystery Babylon, e- even if it's not America, it is a place where... Uh, where the commerce of the world can be conducted by sea. And, uh, you know, one of the great concerns that uh, Homeland Security has had for the last two decades has been making sure that nothing comes in in one of the ports in New York City uh, that is nuclear or a dirty bomb or something like that. And so they have to try to scan everything and selectively scan. They're just... So many containers coming in from all over the world. I don't mean hundreds. I mean thousands upon thousands upon thousands every day. And so um, it fits well, uh, this, this clue. And, by the way, if you say, well, it, maybe it's just America, Pastor. Well, there are more than 400 coastal and inland ports throughout America. And uh, so it is, it, it sit, we, we sit on one nation, i.e. and city, sit on many waters and in ports where the world can bring its commerce in and out of. All right. Um, well, here's the last one I'll give you, number 13. Um, number 13 is that Mystery Babylon has been used and favored by God in the past. Look at, uh, go back over to uh, Jeremiah 51. One verse, verse 7. We read this earlier, but again, Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand, making all the earth drunk, and the nations drank of her wine, and then they, therefore they went mad. Uh, Babylon, this mystery Babylon, has been used and favored by God in the past. And so, um, um, as I said, in, in years past, at one point in time, uh, America, Americans gave over 80% of the mission money in the world that was given. 80%. 
We've been used in so many ways and favored by God in so many ways. And Mystery Babylon will be uh, an empire slash city that had, had great positive influence. We said it's going to be a nation of influence, but an, it'll be a nation that has had great positive influence uh, for good uh, all over uh, the world. So Mystery Babylon had been used and favored by God for good to the world and even to bring justice to evil empires, which America has been used to do, uh, has been used uh, to accomplish. But the Bible says that now in this latter days, it will be, uh, it will experience the wrath of God. It will drink of the wine of the cup of God's wrath, the scripture says. So um, I, I think what we'll do is we'll stop there uh, for the night. If you have any questions before we go, I'll try to answer those. But let me tell you where I want to say we got a, that, that's 13. We've got two more. And then here, let me tell you where we're going to go after the 15th clue. I'm going to talk to you about what will bring about the destruction of Mystery Babylon, the things that will uh, most likely, what, what will cause God to destroy it. And there are some specific things um, that I have, uh, think have biblical basis. Um, and then we'll talk about um, the probable coming attack on America, what the Bible has to say about that. And uh, we'll talk about, has America been warned? Has God warned America? And how has God warned America? So these are some of the things that we're, gonna, we're going to get to in the next millennium uh, at the pace we're, we're going right now. But at any rate, I just want you to know where we're going. So we, I'm going to give you two more clues. I'll reiterate what those clues represent, and then we'll move on to why might God destroy Mystery Babylon and how might he do it, all right? Uh, any questions about anything we've talked about tonight? Does that all make sense? It's a lot of information there, but I hope that that's, uh, uh, that's helpful. And remember, Mystery Babylon uh, appears to exist primarily uh, during the tribulation time as this kind elevated to this position. But the Antichrist, the global leader, will eventually have a problem with Mystery Babylon. Do you know that? You would think, oh, there'll they'll be cohorts. It'll be an uneasy coalition. And then the Antichrist will, will fight against Mystery Babylon. So we'll talk about that down, down the road. Okay, again, any questions?